This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. As you heard, at the top of the hour, Yankees split the doubleheader. Mets en route to a doubleheader sweep. They lead 8 nothing as the Nationals bat in the top of the eighth. Let's head back to the phones and talk to you. Sharif is in Staten Island. Sharif, you're next on 98.7. Hey, how are you? Good evening. I'm doing great, Sharif. I'm What's looking. Happening? I mean, I've been a Yankee fan since I was a kid, but I, you know, sometimes you just got to question certain things, you know, like when Cole was in Houston, you know, the whole aspect with the whole cheating, the team cheating, him with the spider stuff. And, you know, I feel like, I feel like what he did in his career, he cheated to get that contract with the Yankees and the Yankees are not getting the money that they put into him. And then on top of all that, he's giving home runs all the time. Look, he's giving 250, you know, plus strikeouts, but he, how many home runs does he give all the time? It it's it just doesn't add up. Yeah, Sharif, I hear what you're saying. Thanks for the phone call. He he just he... okay. It's two things. First of all, you understand when pitchers are around the the plate like he is. Okay, you're gonna give up home runs. You, you just are. Okay, my my issue with him is. Gives up a lot. <laughs> he gives up a lot of home runs, more than he should. Okay, more than he should. This is like, this is like crazy. I mean, let me let me see now. Let me check this out. Okay, he's given up thirty three home runs this season. Thirty three. That's a lot of home runs for an ace. So you know, I. Look, he he had some talent. He was a guy who, when he was in Pittsburgh, remember the Yankees tried to get him then. They tried to trade for him when he was in Pittsburgh. So there was some talent available that they saw. They saw some things that they liked with him. And then, yeah, I will agree with you. When he went to Houston, he took the next step. And you're right. that That is his ability in Houston, what he was able to do in 2017, is the reason why he is making the money he is making today. But in the postseason, he needs to step it up. It's very simple. Because, okay, and once again, I realize I'm in no position to talk about him with the way my one first and second ace performed against in a big spot against Atlanta this weekend. They were awful. I acknowledge that. I got it. And we'll see what happens, how they perform in the postseason, okay? But here is a guy who was, as I said earlier, flat-out dominant. And here's the thing. The velocity is still there. He throws over 100. He can still rear back and throw. His location is not bad. I just think sometimes it's his pitch selection. Sometimes I just think he's too smart for his own good. And I once again, I'll say it. I get the chess matchup. I get that you're trying to outguess the hitter. I get that you're trying to set the hitter up. Sometimes just blow him away. Stop playing games. Well, let me, let me throw this on the outside corner. Let me nibble here. Stop nibbling. You throw 100 miles an hour. Let me just tell you this. And I've said this about basketball, right? I said to you 
if I was a seven-footer in the NBA, I'm slamming it on everybody. I'm not trying to do no finesse. I'm not trying to do, you know, no, no, no pretty turnaround jumper. I'm, you know, I'm not trying to even be the great George Gervin and finger roll. I'm slamming because I'm seven feet. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get to the basket and slam it. If I were a major league pitcher and I throw lefty, if I were a major league pitcher and I threw a hundred miles an hour, why am I fooling around? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to throw all fastballs. Of course not. I'm a, if I were a starter, I get that. But my location, because here's the thing. If I locate it, you can know what's coming. You're not going to hit it. If I put it in the right location, what are you going to do with it? If you get a piece of it, you'll file it off. You're not going to hurt me with it. And see, that's the thing. He messes with location. So for me, that's what he needs to adjust. And he's just not getting it done. But maybe, maybe this postseason will be different. But if you're a Yankee fan, you're looking back, you're just like, you're crossing everything that he pitches well. You're crossing eyes, you're crossing fingers, you're crossing toes, you're crossing legs, you're crossing everything. Because you know he is the ace of your staff. And you saw, Yankee fan, you saw what CeCe Sabathia was able to do in 09 with Burnett and 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 um, Pettit. They had, that, those were the three starters. And Girardi, because of the way the games laid out, that was it. Okay, there was no fourth starter. That would those three guys, Sabathia, Burnett, and Pettit, won you a World Series. Of course, the great Mariano. Of course, he had great hitting. I, I'm talking about starting pitching now. Game after game after game, series after series after series. You have those three starters. Okay, that's what you're looking for from Gary Cole. Dominance. That's what you're looking for from Gary Cole. No crooked numbers. That's what you're looking for with Gary Cole. Hold the lead, please. Can you hold the lead? Can you leave the game with a lead as opposed to leaving the game tied or down? That's all you ask from your ace. That's all you want. That's that's what they're supposed to give you. And he's not done it. He's not done it consistently. He's not done it in the postseason for the Yankees. He just hasn't. Perhaps this is the year. Perhaps. But I'm telling you, if I were a Yankee fan, I'd be looking at the at the games he starts with one eye open. <laughs> Afraid for what's going to happen next. I would be. It would be tough. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. And once again, 
I'm not really sure what Yankee offense you're going to get in the postseason. I don't know. I mean, Gleyber Torres is heating up. LeMahieu looked was able to hit tonight. He was pretty good. Stanton still isn't Stanton yet. I mean, what offense am I getting? Donaldson has showed signs, not consistently. Aaron Hicks, I mean, <laughs> what offense are you getting? So with you not being sure of the offense you're getting, you need your starters to be dominant. Plus, I don't even know what the bullpen looks like. You got a week, so maybe you can get it back in action. But I don't even know what the, you don't even have a closer. I mean, Holmes is the closer, but you, is Chapman going to make the roster? I mean, I don't know. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I'm looking at. <laughs> I'm just not. Here's your chance to score jet tickets for this weekend against Miami. Join Gordon and myself with VIP access to the ultimate ESPN Jets tailgate located in Lot G before the game. Be calling number two right now at 888-987-ESPN. That's 888-987-ESPN to win. Brought to you by the New York Jets. Hey, come out to MetLife Stadium this Sunday, October 9th, to see the Jets host the Miami Dolphins. Presented by Athletic Health Systems. Lock in your seats at nyjets.com slash tickets. Your calls are next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Trey is in Brooklyn, Texas. He joins us next on 98.7. Larry, that boy hit that ball in country Texas mud. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, yes, he did. So happy for him. Very happy for him. He's, he, you know... In this day and age with the bat flipping and the, the grandstanding and all the egos that they have at these plates on some night, I mean, that, that kid deserves flowers, man. That yeah, no kid question. deserves his flowers, man. And any of the, the younger, the, like the younger people that don't know, I'm pretty sure Richard from Manhattan will tell you, and Bruce will say it, and Uncle Spike, you know, they'll tell you how hard it was for Roger to get to 61. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So everything he went through that year, man, the man started losing his damn hair because he couldn't get that 61st home. Yeah, it was he bad. Was, it was bad. It was it bad. definitely was. It was bad. It definitely and, was. He, and he was playing in the shadow of the mix. Yeah, which so, also didn't help him. You know, which is not easy because I, I can't even imagine. You know what I mean? They treated yeah. him like, you know, like he was another family of God himself. So uh, happy for him. I watched the Knicks tonight, too, lad. Um I'm gonna tell you what I like to see. I like that the ball wasn't in Julius Randle's hands a lot. Um, that was good to see. I also like that um, Tibbs is already implementing, you know, having that that starting point guard in the in the quarter with the ball in his hand, and I uh, like that tonight. Yeah, um, it, it felt almost it, it felt surreal to actually have a, a point guard that knows what the hell he's doing <laughs> that can look up at the clock and move on six seconds and, and, you know, just get his own shot, man. This is what we paid that money for. Like, I try to tell Nick fans, we didn't overpay because look at everything. Everything cost money. Now, everything mm-hmm. is costing a lot more. So we didn't overpay. We, we, we paid what we were supposed to pay. If Sadell yeah. 3 was playing, playing right now, Fat Lee Burnett was playing, they'd be getting $90 million. There's no question. 
That's just what it is. You know what I mean? So, you know, it was refreshing to see that. Um, Football-wise, real quick, Larry, mm-hmm. yo, that kid, Zach Wilson, is all over the field, man. But I love him to death, man. He's got a, <laughs> he's got a, he's got a corral that, man. He reminds me of, like, he reminds me of old boy from uh, Bull Durham at the beginning, you know, when he was just hitting the bull and everything, man. He's just all over the place. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's scary and fun to watch all at one time. But I know right now, as we've been talking for the last seven, eight seasons, Mm-hmm. We've been talking New York football. Yes. We will now be playing relevant football past Halloween. Can't believe that. Well, Trey, um, thanks for the phone call. Let's see. Now, I, I understand you're encouraged, and rightfully so. Zach Wilson, with the drives alone in the, uh, in the uh, fourth quarter, he deserves that. He does. Two drives down. Give him a lot of credit. I give him a lot of credit. Uh, I'm not ready to say he is the franchise guy yet, and I'm not ready to say that the Jets are going to have uh, a big time season uh, yet because I know what's coming. <laughs> okay, and they've got they've got you know Miami this week, which is a winnable game. Okay, especially with uh, two out. Okay, it's a winnable game, but then they've got. They got some dates coming with like, you know, um, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and, you know, some other folks. So this is not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. But for one week, he looked pretty good. And I think and I agree with what Rex Ryan said, considering that he had not played in, in a while. He looked good. He looked good in the fourth quarter. You know, so you just need. But now he's got to be consistent. Got to be consistent. Okay? That, that's the next thing. Buddha's in the Bronx. What's up, Buddha? Hey, what's going on? How you doing, bro? I'm doing great, my friend. What's happening? Yeah, you got your man Trey calling me from Texas. <laughs> yeah, you know. Check it in. Check it yeah. in. It must be basketball. Yeah, that voice. <laughs> yeah, all I say about the Jets is, uh, listen, I'm very happy about that, that win. Um, Wilson did look good in that fourth quarter. But like as Jets fans, we can't be like Greeny, one week up, one week down. Right. <laughs> when you look at this schedule, when you look at this schedule, I mean, listen, there's a distinct possibility that Adam Gase, who won nine games in two seasons, might win more than Salah with an extra game <laughs> for each season. Might so, be. Yeah. You know, let's You're see right. how, what happens with that. But right. um, listen, with the Yankees, bro, uh, uh, you remember that movie Undisputed? When West yes. Nice played Monroe Hutchins. And he was yes. building the house with the toothpicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember it. that right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Cole is an ace in reputation and contract, but not actuality. You know, he's like yeah. the reverse of the offensive position player. You know, instead of striking out and hitting a lot of homers, <laughs> yeah. he hits, he gives up a lot of homers and it has a, it has a record for strikeouts of the season. I mean, he's unbelievable. <laughs> what a what a, what a poor signing that was. You yeah. know, you know the, the Yankees pitching staff just as a whole is weak. You know, bullpen wise and starter wise. You know, the, we're depending on guys who've been hurt. You know, to stay healthy. It's just it's it's not a good situation, man. And you know, when you look at the Yankees, you know, moving forward. You know, beyond this year, I I very highly doubt if they get to, you know, the NLCS. It'd be nice, but I Mm -hmm. doubt it. But next year, when you look at them, the way the team is built, I mean, listen, the Yankees are devoid of young talent. You know what I'm talking about? Like, Glaber Torres is young, 
But he's not a cornerstone piece. He's an add-on. You can't depend on him. You know, DJ's winding down. Donaldson is cooked. You know, so if you move IKF to his normal position, his light hitting behind, you put him at third next year, you bring up Volpe, maybe that helps a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but, you know, signing Judge, but you, you know, it's a big thing in terms of, like, how much money they're going to be able to spend after right. they sign him. I, I don't right. care about what they're giving, but after they sign him. Because what the Yankees really need, and, you know, not only do they need the help in the bullpen, Mm-hmm. They've got to get another outfielder. You, you understand what I'm talking about? They, they yes, really absolutely. Need, they need a center fielder, bro. Like yeah. a, not some light hitting center fielder. Yeah. They need a center fielder, two eighty average, thirty five to forty homers. You know, mm-hmm. and somebody who's going to be available. So if you give Judge, it's just it's very tough decision. You know, that's why we like to spend other people's money and all that. But yeah. it's a very tough decision because if signing Judge to a monumental contract means that they're going to try to wing out these same guys that we've been playing with for the last five years. I mean, that's not going to work out, man. Yeah. That's really not going to work out. It is. And thanks for the call, Buddha. It is going to be interesting. And we'll worry about that after the season's done. Uh, what this Yankee team is going to look like next year. Okay. Because there's some things that need to be changed on this team. And once again, is how going to spend the money to get that done. And how much money will he have to spend for judge? And does he get Judge? Does Judge come back? I mean, there's just so many, there's just so many different questions that you have about the Yankees, okay? Uh, and and a lot of it is going to be based, of course, on where they finish and how they finish. But but there's some things they just have to get done. They just have to get done to change this team, and they're not alone, okay? If this Met team. And there's already a warning now because of the lack of power that you could say one of the reasons that cost them the top spot in the East was their lack of power. If this lack of power hurts them and shortens their postseason run, this team's going to look a little different next year also. And already, you know, you've got Edwin Diaz is a free agent. Jacob DeGrom wants more money. It's going to be interesting offseason locally. Speaking of baseball, we'll take you to the ballparks. That's next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. Javier Reynoso from Brentwood. Going to hang out with Gordon and myself and a bunch of other folks from ESPN Sunday in Lock G. Jets and Miami Dolphins. This is going to be an interesting game. This is going to be interesting because, listen, I know Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback. And Teddy Bridgewater, ladies and gentlemen, is no joke. He can still fling the football. But for me, and we'll talk about it a little bit more as we get closer to the game. For me, this this defense, the Jet defense, is really, really, really going to be tested. I mean, really going to be tested. Why? Tyreek Hill is a world-class receiver. Okay, world-class receiver. Waddle is outstanding. Okay, they've got depth. They've got a decent running game. And their defense is pretty good. Okay, their defense is pretty good. So, yeah, there's no Tua. Yeah, they're 3-1. and one, But this is going to be a real test for this Jet team. Okay? And they have to build. The, they need to build on what they were able to do in Pittsburgh. This is a step up in weight class. 
to use a boxing term. All right, there's no question. This is a step up. This the, this Miami team is 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 decent. It's a decent team. It's good. They're good. And these mistakes that the Jets have made last week that almost cost them a game, that cost them the lead, they can't do. And and it was amazing that Zach Wilson threw a couple of picks last week. He hadn't thrown them in over 100-plus games, 100, 100, not 100-plus 100 games, 100-plus passes. I mean, that was impressive. And then you throw two. You, you know, you, you can't turn the ball. You can't give really good teams those extra chances. You can't do it. You can't do it. So I'm very curious to see how this Jet team responds and uh, if they can keep the running game going and mix up. The best part for me offensively, and it's something that we've been talking about with the Jets forever, ever in the day, is watching them use the tight end. And even though there was a pass off, Conklin's hands that bounced up in the air and turned to be an interception. He made some big plays. So if they can continue to use the tight end and the running backs and, and, you know, spread people out and Wilson to Wilson, I'm liking that. And Corey Davis had a big game. If they can do that and spread the offense out and put some points on the board, this could be, you could be seeing something that, that, that you can grow with. Okay, but let's face it. It all starts with the run game, man. You got to be able to run the football. Got to be able to run the football. Mike's in Queens. Mike, you're next on 98.7. Good evening, Larry. How are you? I'm all right, Mike. What's up? You know, with all this terrain I'm contemplating, I guess I got to build those off again and get to a very animal. Rain, go away every darn day. Larry, if I was a Mets fan watching them beat the up the Nationals, I would be enraged. I would be yelling at my TV, where was this last month when you lost two or three to Washington? Where was this last month when you got swept by the Cubs? Because if we go back in time, when they got swept by the Cubs, the Braves lost two or three to the Giants, Larry. Okay? Yeah. The one time the Braves lose a series, okay, it doesn't happen often. It happens once every God knows how long. When the Braves finally lose a series, how they, lose, how they go two and four against Seattle and the Giants. When the Braves falter, the Mets get swept by the Cubs. If I was a Mets fan, this is now you win eight nothing. Where was this done last month? You're right. And how in, you have your three best pitchers in Atlanta? You can't win one darn game. How the Mets they play seven games against the Braves. You go one and one and six. You can't split two. You got you can't split the two the four game set. You can't win one darn game. The Mets, you know, different owner, different players, different coach. They don't – it's like they lack the mental fortitude. It's like they just can't get over the hump. Like you got to bear down and just man up and just go out there and just end it. You know, we'll say September, they, they play bad teams. What was their record? What was their record against bad teams in September? I mean, what they go up there? September, bad teams, they could clean up, blow, the, blow them away. They got blown away themselves. Yeah. Thank God the Mets beat, beat the Pirates six out of seven times to, get, to, get, to at least give them a chance because now yeah. they got to beat the Braves and the Dodgers. Those are the two best teams in baseball. You're going to put – you just say something. The Mets had to be like, okay, we can't do this. That is too hard of a road. Okay, hell, going, against, going up against one of those teams in the NLCS is hard enough. But now you've got to go through both, and you've you got to use your best pitches against the Padres. So going against the Dodgers, you're, you're going to go with Carrasco and Walker to start the series? 
I, if I, if I, if I, oh, the Mets spend all this money, all this money on these Sirza, Monte, Canna, and the Braves call prospects, and they who they're paying nothing for. Harris for the Braves can't pull them this year. He they're paying him nothing. Well now that well now they have, well now they are because they pay the money for the extension. But the Braves call prospects get paid nothing, and then blow away the Mets who show money. And last thing, Larry, as a Mets fan, it's not going to get any better because I hate to say this, but book it, the Grom. Atlanta, he hates the media, doesn't want to be bothered, wants to go down south, less media, less pressure, less daggers. So, I mean, last thing, Larry, Cohen, this offseason, back up the truck. I, I know it sounds bad. Judge, nine years, tays, I don't care. Back it up, get some offense. Vogelbach, Ruff, Nacrin, oh, come on. More power, Larry. Back up the truck, my man. Back it up. I hear you, Mike. Thanks for the phone call. It is something that I think the the Mets will look at. And, and, you know, it was funny because for most of the season, there were a lot of MLB analysts who were liking how the Mets were, uh, how they were, you know, put together. Okay, the makeup of their lineup, that they had guys who made contact. And once again, I mean, listen, the loss of Marte was huge. It's huge. Him not being in that lineup. It made a difference because he was another power guy like Alonzo. He was another power guy. And so, you know, they need maybe one or two more power hitters in that lineup. They they just do. And you see it. And you see it more and more. And I've always said that when you get to this time of the season, when you get to the – in baseball – with all the analytics and all the stuff you do. And next year it may be different because you're making adjustments, right? You're doing, you, you, you can't shift. You can't put four infielders on one side. You can't put four outfielders. They're, they're shifted. You can't do that. So it may be different next year. But this year it, it's really about uh, being able to hit the home run and being able to make contact and get extra runs when, extra runs when you can't. The key hits, the key, the key plays, sacrifice flies, you know, the ability to play whichever way you want to play. You want to play with the long ball, we can do that. You want to play with making contact, we can do that. That's those are the teams that are going to be successful in the postseason. Right? Those are the teams. That's what the good teams do. They're able to beat you multiple ways. And of course, it starts with pitching. You gotta have good pitchers, you gotta have a deep bullpen in the postseason. You, and you got to have some guys that can hit some home runs. You just have to. Because the pitchers that you face are not, not going to be able, then you're not going to have an inning where you string together five, six hits. It's rare. It's rare. Are you, let me put it this way. You're facing Houston. You're going up against Verlander. Are you trying to string along five or six hits to get three or four runs against Verlander? It's not happening. It's not happening. He might make a mistake. He hit that out of the ballpark. That's a possibility. And and because nobody's on base, that's only one run. (laughs) This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.